1: This is the Dan Grossa Show on 98.7 ESPN. Howdy! Two minutes past on Saturday, 24th day of June 2023. It's rainy. It's dreary. But you know what? We're going to keep you company for the next few hours. That's right. Dan Grossa Show right here on 98.7 ESPN. 800. 919-3776. That seven seven six that is the telephone number we're taking it right up until noon then we're going to hand things over to anita she will take you the afternoon hours on this jam-packed sports saturday in the big city we got harvey we've got joe and you can get me on twitter at dan grasa g-r-a-c-a lot of things to get to on this saturday morning as we get ready to hopefully and i say hopefully Get ready to embark on a summertime, at least in the NBA, which hopefully, hopefully will pay some dividends for us, right? Not just us who, you know, are on the station and try to entertain from time to time, but the fans as well. Because if you have to rely solely in this city on waiting for the football season to arrive, which we'll be here before you know it. I mean, guys, a week from today, it's July. Right? Like, it's it's flying by. Maybe because June doesn't feel like June. Like, we were talking about this before the show. Like, I thought it was supposed to be warm and sunny and, you know, it's summertime. Right? You wouldn't even know it. So, it's July next week. Football will be here in a couple of months. And there's a lot of optimism between these two teams. Right? We're all looking forward to this. Not just because the Jets have a future Hall of Fame quarterback and probably are as well regarded nationally by all the so-called pundits than they've been in forever. But because the Giants are coming off a very impressive season last year in year one under Brian Dayball and Joe Shane, right? And I know that there's still a little bit of Saquon intrigue as to when he's going to sign, if he's going to sign, how much time is he going to miss, if any. But, you know, what can the Giants do for an encore? Right, so there's a lot of anticipation for the football season. And I I think it goes without saying that, you know, those months and that season is going to bring us a lot of content with both of those clubs this year. And, of course, for what I'm looking forward to it. And I say that the NBA offseason needs to deliver for us because, and sometimes it does, like sometimes you get summers in the NBA where even if the Knicks or one of the locals isn't even involved necessarily in the headlines, but like nationwide, right? Like the other day, Bart and I were talking about 2019. And remember that summer? That was when LeBron went to the Lakers. You had the KD Kyrie stuff. You had Kawhi Leonard and, you know, Paul George teaming up to go to the Clippers. Like it was just like, bombshell after bombshell after bombshell. And I remember back then doing shows like that. That stuff carried you for weeks. Weeks. But normally in the summertime, we sit here and we talk about baseball. Right? We got two teams in this city. And going into the season, we thought it was almost a certainty that both of these clubs were going to be able to provide us some content, mostly positive, mostly optimistic. That we're going to carry us through these months and at least kind of stem the tide until the football season arrives. But on June the 24th, let's take a step back here for a second and let's examine the state of New York baseball. What is it like? Give me a word right now. You know, pretend you're back in school and the teacher says, you know, give me a word right now to describe such and such. Well, give me a, ride, a word right now to describe New York baseball with these two teams. And it's not just what have you done for me lately, right? I mean, we are, for lack of a better term, pretty far into this thing. In another few days, we're at the midway point of the season. There is more than enough data. There is more than enough information to get a read on these teams. It's not early anymore. It's not. We're way past that point. And I was thinking long and hard about this last night, you know, because you're trying to map out, like, all right, what, what are we going to talk about today? You know, what are we, how, how are we going to present the show? And I was thinking, this has got to be the avenue that you start with. So the best word that I could come up with to describe the state of New York baseball right now is simply disarray. Disarray. You got one team that is the most expensive club in the history of the sport. Like, think about how long they've been playing Major League Baseball. Think about how long it's gone on. You know, you guys ever watch the Ken Burns documentary, Baseball? from all those years ago on PBS, right? Think about, like, the infancy of baseball. You know, the 19th century, for crying out loud. That's how how far back this game goes, right? So for a century plus, this is the most expensive team. Steve Cohen's New York Metropolitan's the 2023 version. And if you want to go bang for your buck and measure just what type of reward you're getting for the investment, it is downright abysmal. And right now, when you continue to watch this team play, it's teetering on embarrassing. And when you continue to see efforts like you saw last night in Philadelphia, where you have guys dropping fly balls, not even dropping fly balls, like looking at each other and letting the ball just drop between them. It, you know, like we keep saying it as a joke, like bringing up the bad news bears, but that's what it looks like. But more importantly, it looks like the guys are checked out. And those games have piled up way too frequently for this baseball team. Remember when Steve Cohen talked to Joel Sherman a week or so ago in the post? And the thing that he kept hammering home more than anything else was the one thing he can't tolerate is the mental mistakes. He's going to be patient about everything else. The fact that you know they can't hit, they can't pitch, they can't run the bases, can't catch the ball, but it's the mental mistakes which is what's really, really troubling to him. Well, now that's almost like a daily occurrence. And when you see things like that continue to present themselves, not that I would ever call for this, but you watch other sports, and you see efforts like that from teams and from players, those are the type of performances, guys, that get people fired. It's as simple as that. That type of lackadaisical effort Gets people fired. Because you can't fire the players. And if you're somebody in a position of authority, you're embarrassed by it. Or you should be embarrassed by it. And you look around and you say, this can't stand. I won't let this fester. All right, so that's the Mets. Yankees, on the other hand, they've got their own set of problems right now. All right, I was running errands the other day. Driving around. And I drove through one town, and I'm not going to name them because... Protect their anonymity. Very important these days. But I drove by the local ball field, and I saw a bunch of, you know, teenagers playing ball, organized game. I don't know what it was, but swinging the bats pretty well. They looked more formidable offensively than the New York Yankees. The New York Yankees, who aren't far behind, by the way, the Mets in terms of payroll, right? They've got guys on that team that are supposed to be quite prolific in what they do, and they can't hit the ball. And I know that Aaron Judge is out of the lineup, and that's the built-in excuse and all those things, blah, 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 blah. But how long has this gone on? And as I keep referencing, there are teams that are doing more with less than the Yankees. Way more than less. You look at the Cincinnati Reds, okay? Cincinnati right now, if you haven't been paying attention, and you're probably in a coma, but Cincinnati right now, has won 12 straight games. This is a team that got off to a 7-15 and start this year. They were projected to lose way more often than they win. This is a team last year, remember they started 3-22 last year? Like, that, that, that was, like, record-settingly inept. Got off to a horrible start this year, and then what happened? They decided, you know what, let's turn the page. Let's bring up some guys from the minor leagues. Let's look to the future. And if we could win some games along the way, so be it. Well, not only have they done that, they've taken the lead by storm. And I'm not saying that the Yankees have to have a guy like Eli De La Cruz or, or, or whatever, who literally has become the best thing since sliced bread in baseball. But look at what the Reds are doing. Their payroll is bottom five. Bottom five. And I'm not even going to bring up Tampa, because that's the easy one that you just throw out there. Oh, Tampa, Tampa. Tampa is their own unique entity. Right? They've perfected this thing. But you've got teams without high payrolls. Baltimore Orioles don't have a high payroll. Look at what they're doing. So you can't tell me that not having Aaron Judge in the lineup is the reason why the Yankees suddenly just can't function. And again, I'm going to bring up the mental mistakes again. Because if you've watched the Yankees for the last two games, Thursday night against Seattle, which was comical, you know, cue the Benny Hill music when you were watching them in that third inning throw the baseball all around the field. And Seattle running the bases. It was laughable. And then last night, I had never seen anything like that in my life. Where IKF, who I've been generally complimentary towards this season. You know, he was dealt a tough hand. He was the odd man out at the beginning of the year. Of course, Volpe comes up, and it's like there was no room at the end for IKF. So he was a good soldier. He didn't sulk, and he went to Aaron Boone in the Yankees. He said, hey, guys, you know what? I'm just happy to be here. Get me a, an outfielder's glove. Get me an infielder's glove. Give me a pitcher's. Whatever the hell I got to do to earn my spot, I will do it to help the team. I will be the team guy. And for the most part, you know what? He He's done that jack-of-all-trades thing okay this year probably played a lot more outfield than you would want him to. And then that's why something like last night comes to a head. So he has his own moment in the outfield where can't catch a fly ball that a little leaguer probably could. And then that play trying to steal the base last night. You know, I've been watching baseball a long time. I've never seen anything like that. And I would laugh right now if I still had any more laughter in me because I was laughing. I was on the floor last night. I used up all my laugh and even some tears. And then when you go on social media and read all the comments, it's, it's, uh, that made my night, as a matter of fact. It made my night. To where he stole a base, he was called safe, and then he decided to declare himself out and get up and start running off the field. Like, I, I've never seen anything like that. Trem- it, it, tremendous. Tremendous theater. On a night where you don't expect much, you don't expect anything monumental to happen, you get that. You know what the old saying is? Because baseball, they play every single day. Right. And that you never know what you're going to see when you go to the ballpark or you never know what you're going to see when you watch a baseball game like history can happen on any given day. You never know when you're going to see a guy steal a base, be called safe and then call himself out, get up off the field and run off to the dugout. I mean, like you can't make that up. But as I said, that is the state of affairs. That describes New York baseball right now. It's comedy. It's drama. It's tragedy. It's horror. It encapsulates all the type of genres that we usually like to consume when we watch movies. Instead, this is baseball in this city. And you know what the best or the worst part about this thing is? We still got a half a season left of it. We don't know when Aaron Judge is coming back, right? Getting those PRP injections. Sounds like he's got a torn ligament. From the couple of words that he said to the newspapers the other night, he said, well, we, now we know what was torn. He's got a torn ligament in his toe. That thing could be, well, it's already been weeks. Could be more weeks. You can't expect him to ride in on the white horse and save this Yankee team in the meantime. Mets, on the other hand, what are they going to do? Who's coming in to save this sinking ship? Luckiest guy, you know, you know, the luckiest guy in America is Eduardo Escobar. That he doesn't have to sit here and watch this crap anymore. You know who Eduardo Escobar is? Eduardo Escobar is Kate Winslet in Titanic. He got that last little door raft thing, whatever, as the ship was sinking. And now he gets to go off to Anaheim where the weather is better. He gets to at least watch Shohei Otani and Mike Trout up close each and every day. And who knows? If you're asking me right now, boys and girls, who's got a better chance of playing October baseball, the Mets or the Angels? How do you not say the Angels? And I still don't even think they're going to make the playoffs. But that's my point. If you're a believer in such things, you know, fan graphs like those statistical measures and so on and so forth, you know what the Mets' chances of making the playoffs are now on June the 24th? They began the season at 75%. You know what it is right now? 16%. It's not even July 1, guys. It's not even the 4th of July. You haven't even seen the fireworks. You haven't done the barbecues. You know, you're a grand old flag. You're a high-flying flag. The whole pomp and circumstance. And the Mets season is dead and buried. And if the Yankees didn't have Aaron Judge on the shelf, we might even be saying something similar about them. But how much longer is that excuse going to have some validity? This will be a fun one today, don't you think? 800-919-3776. Our teams are playing like the weather for lack of a better term. I'm looking forward to this show here. Why? Well, because I have a few days off after this show, so I'm looking forward to that, to recharge the batteries a little bit. (laughs) Nevertheless, there you go. We're going to make the most of these next few hours. We'll do plenty of NBA as we are a week away, officially, from the start of the crazy summer. We've already had a couple of appetizers to get us going here with some trades. We had the draft the other night as well. And, of course, there's still some football conversation that still we have to sprinkle in before we get out of Dodge today. But when we come back, want to hear from you, and we want to talk about the sorry baseball teams that occupy this great city of ours. Dan Gross' show on this Saturday morning, ninety eight seventy ESPN. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Dan Grasa Show on 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Talking New York baseball. The state of New York baseball, the sorry state that we currently find ourselves in right now. I don't know if both of them are going to play today. Um, supposed to be four o'clock games. Yanks again host in Texas. Mets are going to be down in Philadelphia, but because the Mets are kind of in the whole geographic region per se, I, you know, with this weather, I don't even know if they're going to be able to get the game in. So we'll see. We might have two rainouts. And you know what? That might not be the worst thing in the world, to be quite honest with you. like Save yourself from having to watch these teams play. Let's say hi to Alex in Queens. He's going to start us off here on ninety eight seven ESPN. What's up, Alex? How are you?
2: What's up? Good morning,
1: Dan. Uh, I just got to say, earlier you asked about um,
2: give one word to describe New York baseball, and I can give multiple of them, and you did too. Like garbage, nightmare, terrible, horrible. Like you said, we're doing, we're making little leaguer mistakes. Like Donaldson uh, a couple games ago, he's make like how do you drop the ball like that? Like what what do you what are these guys doing on the field? Like Everybody's getting hurt every other day. Like you said, Judge, um, he bats four times in the game, right? Like, how much can he change our team? Like, we need to also carry ourselves without our star player. But everybody's gone quiet. Rizzo's gone quiet. lemayhu has gone quiet. And what's their excuse? That Judge um, Judge is not here? So, like, he's in the bullpen with you. I mean, not in the bullpen. He's in the dugout with you guys. So, I mean, he's there. So, why can't you hit? Like, I don't get it. Like, wh- what's going on? I think Rizzo's got a st- – Drop the tough guy act. If you got hurt, run into Tatis. Just, just drop the tough guy act and get better because we need to start winning games. And we're just looking terrible on the field. And but the you know something, Alex? I Alex, mean, to
1: be fair, though, to be fair, and I thank you for the phone call, Rizzo is actually maybe the one guy who's starting to turn it around a little bit. Right? I mean, how, he, he seems like he's someone that's finally maybe getting that stroke back. You know, he's gotten a handful of hits in the last few games. It's not O for O for O for every single night. Now I understand that probably he's still not where he wants to be at, and you would much prefer it if other guys were following suit. but you know, I keep talking about this. I, I understand that guys like Stanton, guys like LeMay or not LeMay oh well, yeah, even throw LeMayhu into the mix. LeMayhu, Donaldson, you know, Donaldson was an MVP once upon a time. Stanton was an MVP once upon a time. DJ. LeMayhe was a two-time batting champion. Two-time, one in each league. What are the excuses? I mean, Donaldson, you know, look, he looks shot. I mean, no other way around it. He he looks completely shot. Stanton, I just don't get it. I don't get it. And I don't know what it is about him. At, you know, the, the thing about Stanton, though, imagine if he was someone that kind of fanned the flames, Right. Because we have, we've seen players, there's players in all sports, but like specifically in the city, like you have guys that maybe come in with a lot of pomp and circumstance and then they underperform and then they continue to like make things worse, right? Like they fan the flames, whether it's on social media, comments to the media or anything like that, just to, to antagonize the fan base when things are going bad. But Stanton, to his credit, he doesn't do any of that. That's not really his personality. He tends to lay low. He's not really a hog the spotlight type of a guy. But there's still no excuse for how poorly he's swinging the bat. I mean, this can't happen. I mean, what is it with this team and just how inept they are when it comes to just getting a big hit? Driving in runners and scoring position. I, I mean, the Yankees are inept when it comes to this stuff. In the month of June, and, and I know the judge got hurt, what was it, the first couple of days of June, whatever the hell the date was. So, essentially, he's been out the whole month. They're last in batting average. They're last in runs scored. They're last in on-base percentage. Like, if you could think of the offensive category, the Yankees are last in it. And But they are first in something, as a matter of fact. There is a new category that actually Major League Baseball just developed last night, and it was on the Yankees' account. They lead the league in stealing a base, but then actually calling yourself out when the umpire calls you safe. They're first in Major League Baseball in that, thanks to IKF and what happened last night. Here's Aaron Boone talking about his team's approach offensively.
2: It's ultimately about getting a good pitch to hit, and, and you know, for everyone and different nights, that's going to be a little bit different all the time. And, yeah, I mean, we got to find a way to, you know, we got to i mean we got to we got to do better to generate some offense
1: you know what baseball managers are like they they're like broken records they really are like they should you remember back during the covid days when they had the media availability for baseball like you weren't allowed in the same room everything was on zoom with the players and the managers like that's what they should do for managers now especially teams that are in a funk like the yankees like boone shouldn't even go up there they should just put like an old school record player and, and, and put the record player on the desk, like Jason Zillow could take the record, get, you know, like a, a pinstripe vinyl or something like that, put it on the desk, and then just, like, put the needle on the record and have the same spiel being spun out time and time again. We got to get a good pitch to hit. Really, Aaron? I, it, that That is groundbreaking stuff, getting a good pitch to hit, because normally I thought that most coaches and players and stuff like that in baseball, they always look for bad pitches to hit. Well, the Yanks can't hit the good pitches. They can't hit the bad pitches. I mean, what can they do? What can they get? Let's hear from the man of the hour, though, IKF. And and this is his perspective on his all-time classic moment last night on when he decided to call himself out on the stolen base attempt. I got caught in between a little bit. Um, I hesitated just a tad. Made up for the ground. Uh, I wasn't able to cover because I, you know, I was looking more worried about where both was. Game's on me. Got to keep that ball in front. I got caught in between um, trying to make a play, playing it safe. So I think um, I learned from it. I uh, Go in and, and try to slide and, and call for it late or um, let it drop in front of me and, and try to do everything I can and stay. I got I just caught, caught in between. So it's, it's on me. Well, that was actually the, the, the pop-up. That had nothing to do with the stolen base. So that was poorly labeled there by our crew. But that's okay. Nevertheless, um, it's still a mental mistake. Either one is a mental mistake. The stolen base, the pop-up, you name it. Let's say hi to Jose in Brooklyn. He's up next here on 9870 ESPN. Jose, how are you?
0: Oh, I'm not doing too well, Mr. Graza. Why is that, Jose?
1: Come on, why? What's
0: wrong? (laughs) Well, I have to say shout-out to the company, but the – the, you, you, you kind of traumatized me with that, with, 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 with explaining the IKF play, because as I was in the grandstands, I pretty much left my house at like 430 to get the Derek Jeter bobblehead, which was successful. But the so you, got, you issue, got the bobblehead, by the
1: way. Yeah, yes, I did. How long did you have to uh, wait in line for that one?
0: Uh I got there I got to the stadium at 5:30 um the wait was about 30 minutes cuz they already had they were already letting people in and but the line was definitely massive and I was surprised to see the train already, you know, filled with Yankee fans by four, around four o'clock. It was insane. Wow. Uh,
1: half hour ain't bad, Jose. You know that? It's not bad.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I, I, I was there, and I, as I was in the grandstands watching IKF steal the base, I'm like, "Oh, he made it! Awesome!" And all of a sudden, inexplicably, he starts walking back. And the guy just goes up there and tags him, and then the umpire calls him out. And I'm like, while you're laughing on the floor and everything, I am cursing up a storm where people are accepting of my cursing because it was definitely justified, because it was like, what were you possibly doing? Did you not see him call you safe? Did you not hear him call you safe? Like, what was, what was that? I, I, and, and I, and my lat, and also, yeah, the pop-up, I, uh, um, that was, you know, just uh, something else. But uh, um, the last point that I wanted to make was, what was the purpose of Donaldson being pitched hit? I, I, I literally don't get it. I, I was just like, is he trying to think that he can be a hero here, or, what? like, what was Boone's rationale for it, because, as soon as we heard Donaldson's name over the audio, you saw we, we I heard some booze. And then after he struck out, the booze even got louder. And it's to a point where I'm just like I felt like he, he he literally surrendered the game and wanted to get that second out just for, for us to end this game early. Because I don't know what other reason Boone was thinking. There's no, like I said, there's no amount of analytics in the world that's going to tell me that he's good. He looks like a shot player. I know he won an MVP that was like a decade ago, but we 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 gotta stop this. This is just not—he's he, not a baseball player right now. Like, you know like why, I, I don't it, you understand. Know what, you want an
1: easy answer to that question? And I'm serious. You know why they pinch hit Donaldson? Because they probably figured, you know what, having him get booed one time is a lot better than having him get booed four times if he was in the starting <laughs> lineup last night. Seriously, right? <laughs>
0: That is true. That is true. But I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm at this point where I'm just like, I, I don't know what else to do. I know they're over 500. I know that they have a chance to make a playoffs. But we have to be really real here. If there wasn't a second wild card playoff, are we really a playoff team? And then not only that. A third. Even Remember, if a
1: wasn't
0: third. A, you need a third. A, oh, <laughs> it's a third. Okay, a third. A third. So guess what? And then not only that, like, even if we – let, let's just limit, like, even if we take it back to the old days – where it was just, you know, the top two teams. Like, like, there's no way we're 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 we're, we're a championship-contending team. I'm just at this point, I'm 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 already beyond annoyed. They gotta fix something with this because this can't be happening all summer. It's gonna it, it's gonna blow up in their face if they keep trotting out the same thing. Thank you for your time and thank you for allowing me to rank.
1: Jose. Good stuff as always, my friend. Appreciate the phone call. Look, Yankees. I, maybe I'm just bullish on it. I don't know. Right? Maybe it's just being an optimist when it comes to their history, and how they usually figure out a way to at least get into the playoffs. I still think that they're going to find their way in. I do. Unless you're going to tell me that Aaron Judge is not going to see the field again until September, then that's a different story. You know, I brought up that fan graph stuff, like the odds to make the playoffs. Yankees are still pretty good. I mean, they're 58%. That's more than a coin flip. So... It's all about number – you know what their odds are, what their odds should be to make the playoffs? It should be 99. It's called when 99 is back in the lineup. That's how strong or not strong you're going to feel about their chances to get in the playoffs. Because right now, you don't have any faith in the guys that they have that they're trotting out there right now. I mean, think about about this for a second. The small amount of success that they have had over the last few weeks without Aaron Judge, a lot of that is resting on the shoulders of guys like Billy McKinney, right? The guys that – you know, the Jake Bowers of the world – you're relying on these guys to get the timely hit every so often. I mean, geez, now Willie Calhoun is on the shelf. Willie Calhoun has actually gotten a few big hits for this Yankee team. These aren't guys that they envisioned to be the ones to kind of carry the offense. Eight hundred nine one nine is the telephone number. More of your phone calls. Got to get into the other team as well, who are authoring a master class in mental mistakes over in Queens. Degrassi Show, 9870 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. By the way, one other thing about uh, the IKF situation, which led to, you know, the miscue there in center field, apart from the stolen base fiasco. Why is he even in center field last night if Harrison Bader is back in healthy, supposedly? Riddle me this, Batman. Well, Bader played three days in a row, now he can't play a fourth? I mean, I understand that he's hurt like every other day, but I, I, I mean... I I just don't get it. I really, really don't get it. Yeah. Riddle me this, Aaron. Holy ricochet. You mean to tell me that you have a guy who's been on the shelf for a month or whatever it was, and now he's back, and now he's healthy, and he can't play a fourth straight day, and that's why you got a guy who essentially was, let's see, originally a catcher, then a converted to infielder, and now you got him in the outfield, and you're letting fly balls drop right in front of him. You know what, I'd rather see Batman in center field at this point. I don't even know if he can play baseball. I've got no idea. Let's say hi to Marvin in the Bronx. He is up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Marvin, good morning, morning, sir. How the hell are you?
3: Let me tell you something. I've been watching baseball for 60 years. And the last time I was that stunned about an event I witnessed on television was when Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. And I couldn't believe what happened. (laughs) What I saw last night, when he did, when IKF, got tagged out after being called say I had never I had never witnessed anything like that. I was in stunned disbelief. I said, did he really do that? And then, the, I got to go there with you, Dan. And I was told in the Marine Corps, you reprimand a person in private and you compliment them in, in public. But he needed to be called out in that dugout as soon as he got back in the dugout for making a mental mistake like that. That's that's little leaguers don't do don't do things like that. I could not believe. And a word for this season, yeah, disturbing. That's the one word I'm thinking about when you when you call when you presented that question. What's a word to describe disturbing? Because you know I've seen look in the 60 years I've been watching the Yankees, I've seen some bad teams. All right, 66, 69, but I have never seen a mental mistake like that. I'd have to call him. If I was Aaron Boone, which he doesn't do, hey, you, you're going to get some heat in your ear when you come back to the dugout because that's a, unconscionable, and that's inexcusable. A major leaker can make a mistake like that.
1: I mean, if this was Marv, if this was his like first day in the big leagues and he's maybe not used to being on the field and the sights and the sounds and everything that you can experience, like I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I think he even said something that he heard somebody say out, whether it was one of the other players on the field from Texas or whatever. but still, you're not a – this isn't your first rodeo, right What's he, I, I Chris mean, Ask of the umpire,
3: ask what the is umpire. A Chris Weber baseball your timeout. Uh,
1: It's unbelievable. It's you know what? And that's it's indicative of a team that can't get out of its own way right now. And as I said, the mental mistakes when these kids that is like an infectious disease. It just continues to fester and there's no stopping it. And both teams are dealing with it right now, Marv. And we lost Marv, but Marv, I thank you for the phone call. And you're absolutely right. You're a thousand percent right. And one other thing, too, before we get to the Mets. Who am I to sit here to tell Aaron Boone how to run his bullpen? Because, you know what, by and large, that might be the one area that you could look to with the Yankees so far this year, and you say, you know what, they've done a pretty good job, right? The bullpen has been, by and large, pretty good. But maybe, just maybe, time to maybe pump the brakes a little bit on Michael King in these type of situations. You know, if anybody needs a little bit of a... Stay in timeout. Maybe it's Michael King in these type of situations. All right, And I know that he's not the only culprit in that pen last night. Clay Holmes got hit around. But Michael King, the last handful of times out, he's getting touched up. And that's not what you want from guys, especially in those situations. So he'd be a guy that maybe I wouldn't look to as much here. Now, when we come back, we save the best for last. We'll get into the sorry state of affairs in Queens. And it's funny, too, because, you know, once upon a time, it wasn't that long ago, Mets played the Phillies at Citi Field, and they swept them. And then you thought, all right, now things are changing. Now, finally, this Mets team is going to look like and resemble the club that has a $340-plus million payroll. Now it's all starting to come together. Remember, it was the, the day that they had the, uh, the, 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 the outing Rick and Dave. That was against the Phillies. That was the end of that series. That was the series sweep day. So think of how long ago that was. But that's going to become an important mile marker in their season. It's because since that game, they have hit the skids. And they have hit the skids big time. We'll talk about the Mets when we return. And we'll also get into some NBA in hour number two. Graces show, 9870 SPN. <laughs> this is the dan Grasso show on 98.7 espn oh, doubt,
0: you know everybody's trying to make the perfect play and be everything to everybody every every night the want to is through the roof and some sometimes you know through that you push for some things that just aren't there
1: that's buck showalter and if you've kept up with the mets this year you'll know that they've not really made the perfect play, more often than not. And that's why they are where they are. Season-worst seven games under 500. after last night's lifeless 5-1 loss to the Philadelphia Phillies. And as I've said before this morning, and I'll continue saying it, last night is the type of game, if you watch the Mets, that gets people fired. It is. When you see players go out there, half-assing it, their head up there, you-know-what, the mental mistakes which continue to fester with this team. And as I said, you've seen it a lot lately. And when that is the only thing that really the owner, in the last time we heard some public comments from him or read some public comments from him, that's the one thing that he lamented, that's probably not a good direction that you want to go in. And you know what makes it even worse, too? That was after a day off. Right? It was after a day off. All right, you had a tough end to the series in Houston. You played a sloppy game on Wednesday. You get Thursday off. You travel to Philadelphia, eat some cheesesteaks, run up the stairs like Rocky, do whatever the hell it is you do in Philadelphia. But that's how you come to the ballpark the next day, and you start to play like little leaguers, bad little leaguers at that. And I mentioned that series at City Field at the beginning of the month when they swept the Philadelphia Phillies. Since that day, the Mets have lost 14 of 18. And their season is damn close to being over. Philly, on the other hand, okay, because you got guys in that clubhouse who actually know what it takes to win big games, right? They found their way all the way in the World Series last year where the Mets bowed out in round one. Philly's won 14 of 19 since getting swept at City Field. Guys, it's not even 4th of July yet. It's not even the 1st of July yet. The Mets are 14 games out of first place. Let let, let me repeat that because I really want it to sink in and to register just to how bad that is. They're 14 games out of first place. This team's nine games under 500 on the road. They've got 26 losses on the road. That's like Colorado Rockies bad. I mean, it is putrid right now. And with all the mistakes that this team makes, I mean, oh, by the way, hey, they only got three hits last night, which just conveniently flies under the radar against, by the way, some guy who looked very familiar last night for the Philadelphia Phillies. No? I I, I can't put my finger on it where I've seen that guy before. Where is he? Oh that's, oh, that's 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 why he looked familiar. Oh, yeah. Says here that he actually was second on the team in innings pitch last year. Was an all-star a couple of years ago. They let him walk out the door. And who's the guy that they replaced him with? Oh, among others, he hasn't thrown a pitch yet this year. Hmm. And last night, look, I know I've been rough on Senga. Last night wasn't entirely on him, even though he still found a way to walk a few hitters, which is, you know, par for the course with him. But his defense didn't help him out at all. But as I say, you know what? The real, real, truly special pitchers, even when your defense isn't catching the ball and they're not doing you any favors, I always still like to say, if you want to minimize the excuses, you are still allowed to go out there. and ma- Sometimes you got to make a pitch. You know, the old saying in baseball, some days you just got to make a pitch. And he couldn't do that last night. Right? And for the life of me, like, you know, we got an IKF before, too, with his adventures on the field. Somebody's got to explain to me that play with Lindor and Pham where the ball fell between them. Why did Lindor back off? Why did he just bail on that? I mean, it looked like it was going to be a routine play. Pham was nowhere near him. And then at the last minute, it's, it 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 almost looked like I I I don't even know. Like Fam didn't even call for the ball. I was like, what? I watched it a couple of times. He didn't even open his mouth, and say like, I got it. Nothing. And he just all of a sudden just let it drop in. When it rains, it pours. And that's what's happening with this Mets team. And you could talk about. Oh, you know what? There's still a lot of baseball to be played and all the old tired cliches. You really think this team is going to find a way to turn it around? How? How? Halfway through the season. They're 14 games out of first. They are closer to last place than they are even third. Actually, they're the same amount of distance, basically, from last place that they are to third place. And as I said before, Eduardo Escobar gets traded and good for Eduardo Escobar, you know, get him out of here so he doesn't have to witness this anymore. They get back a couple of pitchers, right, and Escobar is going to get an opportunity to go play out there in Anaheim because he was phased out here. And I totally understand, you know, they wanted to give Brett Beatty a look and he's the future. So you're not going to complain too much about that. But Escobar was a good guy in the clubhouse. He didn't gripe. He didn't complain. None of that stuff. And the Angels have injuries. Rendon is on the injured list again, which, you know, stop me if you've heard that one before. One of the worst contracts in baseball that we don't talk enough about was Anthony Rendon getting all that money, the hundreds of millions of dollars from the Angels. The guy never plays. And the Mets paid the remaining full salary for Escobar so they could get better return. And supposedly... These are halfway decent arms, except this this Coleman Crow kid in double-A. He's been on the injury list for a month, which, guess what? An elbow injury. And he might even need Tommy John surgery. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. But, look, maybe the Mets look at it as, well, if the kid's in double-A, he's probably still at least a couple of years away, even if healthy, for maybe being able to contribute to the big league club. So if he does need to get something taken care of, go have your surgery, get the arm fixed, and then hopefully by the time maybe you're ready to help the Mets, the elbow will be A-OK. But I don't know. I, 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 You know what? I'd love to be able to sit here and tell you that I know the inner workings and I know their thought process. How could you at all? Because... Even though it has backfired on them in spectacular fashion, I don't think in a million years they expected to have a three hundred and forty-plus million-dollar payroll and play this uninspiring on the field. But I'm happy for a guy like Escobar. I really am. Like you would be in anybody in this situation, get him out of here. It's like he got the last life raft off the Titanic. But he did leave us with a message, though. Harvey, you got you got some music? Give me some Titanic music. Yeah. Here's Here's Eduardo Escobar. Thanks to the Mets organization. Thanks to the coaches, my teammates, and especially the fans. An honor to play for the Mets, always with a lot of love, passion, and above all respect. It's a sad day, but in the end, God always has control of everything. I feel proud of what I was able to do here and give the best of me. Better times are coming. Thanks. I feel proud of everyone. Congratulations. Fogo Power. Thanks to the new organization of the LA Angels for giving me this great opportunity. I will know how to give my best to help the team. No, they didn't didn't have a baby on the Titanic. They didn't. Not even on the life raft. No. Maybe they did later, but not while they were out in the ocean. That didn't happen. He's throwing a party right now. Let's say hi to Brian in Newark. He is up next on 98.7 ESPN. Hello, Brian. How are you? Hold on. Hold on. Sorry. Hold on. Hold on. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm not Hey, hey Brian. how
0: you doing? i so sorry hours. about that. How are you? Um, hey, you said something about the bullpen and with uh, Boone and the Yankees. Hey, listen. What's the use of that? Will he make the worst decisions? He just do. So when he came when King came in the game last night I heard John Stelling and um, Susan Warman say yeah he's struggling. And it's 2-2 two, two, like I, I just don't get it. You could have
1: go to nobody else when he's struggling? Well, well I, I mean who else did you want to go to? You used Clay Holmes already. What were your other, okay, what were your other options? Um, Mariana Rivera is is not available last night. I know. I know. You know, know. you got spoiled with Murray for, for too many years. I know. But again, and another thing you said, hold on, yeah. another
0: thing you said that was a great point.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It's like the Yankees baby the players too much. Like, okay, what are you, the NBA waiting for a playoff time? Like, the NBA or something? No, we need to win games now. Like, you be resting players too much. They come off the uh, injury reserve,
1: they play two games, and they back on the bench again. I still get it, like. Well, that, that that hey, that's another problem, Brian. And I thank you for the phone call. I got to hit a break here. That's a problem with the Yankees. You know, say what you want. The injuries are an issue. And then when these guys are back, their brilliant plan is, well, you know what? They come back, but we're not going to push them. We're not going to go full throttle. God forbid you play four games in a row. Instead, you got your gold glove caliber center fielder who you traded for and you thought was this big piece for you. Now he's back and healthy and ready to go. And you got a guy out there who has had to play center field this year because you had nobody else, and then he makes a critical mistake in the game. When you have your center fielder who is healthy and you don't play him, I don't understand that one. All right, one hour of the books. We come back. We'll segue, do a little NBA here. What is in store for the Knickerbockers as we get this NBA summer underway? Grasso Show till noon, 9870 SPN.